I'm Michael Brennis, and this is the Showbiz Roundup. Amina Figueroa looks to a brighter future full of positive vibes with her new album, Joy. Also, surrounding herself with the kind of extraordinary players who will be joining her on this tour opens a limitless canvas for the realization of her artistic vision. I'm here today with pianist and composer Amina Figueroa, who's bringing her sextet to Cafe Coda on October 14th. Amina, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm curious about the international perspective that you must have in regards to jazz. You're originally from Azerbaijan. Uh, you've been living in the States for a while. But does the music of your youth in Azerbaijan color the music you make today in any way? You know, um, I guess I'm quite sometimes questioned about that and also about classical music. I think um, the we have this button know-how, and it's um, you can't just um, de- dismiss it. So I'm sure some elements are there, but um, not consciously, um, because uh, I also grew up listening to lots of American music and um, and different types of music. And uh, part of Azerbaijan tradition, uh, so the music is um, Mugam, which is based on improvisation, but we also have very rich um, uh, percussion tradition, which I loved somehow uh, more than just Mugam, because Mugam is a beautiful culture, but uh, traditional Mugam players don't use as much rhythm and uh, rhythm groups, of course, um, it's different. So somehow that that kind of, you know, I know both because I grew up there, but the rhythm is something always, um, I, I love the way they use per, uh, different percussion um, instruments and in the groups and how they create sound, like, you know, you don't need any harmonic instrument just to, you know, use percussion. So that's something I felt always closer to. I love jazz since I was little. Uh, I think I was still in a cradle when my mother was putting records of Ella Fitzgerald and Duke Ellington, so I kind of grew up with that. So I'm sure it's a mix. It's a mix of everything I know uh, and everything I grew up with, but um, uh, not that I would, you know, sit down and decide now I'm going to do something, you know, with uh, within this or that tradition, not that. Do you think there are parallels between sort of the prominence of percussion in jazz and the improvisational na- nature of the percussion instruments, the drums in jazz, with, you know, what you were latching on to in, in your, the early music that you heard as a kid? Yeah, definitely. You know, the whole percussion culture, whether it's Azerbaijan, Brazil or um, Cuba, it comes from Africa. And when you're in Africa, you feel it and you know it and you understand it. So um, um, that's the common ground. And um, the culture, um, I think, um, sorry, the style, uh, not the culture, the style um, of drumming, uh, the hand drumming in Azerbaijan uh, definitely has roots in, and I think, East Africa. 
So um, there is so much common ground because of that. There's so much common ground between all these Latin styles, right? Uh, all the Latin beats, Afro beats, uh, of course, uh, Cuban, even if we go to the um, Caribbean music. So there is lots of commonality between sometimes, uh, you know, when I, I was living in the, in the Netherlands as well, and I used to play with uh, musicians from Caribbean, um, islands, but also from uh, with musicians uh, from Suriname, and I would recognize like little patterns, you know. Mm. Not that I know really our music to that professional level. I know uh, our percussion styles, but you know, I'm not a percussion player to to know to detail. But I would definitely recognize like that's why it was easier for me. Uh, to play, to adapt to any um, South American style. And then because of the uh, Mugam tradition, I, you know, know it from hearing, I could easily play flamenco music because that. So there's lots of commonality. And uh, of course, we have this oldest Latin jazz. And uh, when it comes to Latin jazz, I'm totally like, feel that all these elements always present somehow. Very cool. You've spoken previously about the influence of your parents and grandparents and how successful they were in terms of the careers that they developed. They worked outside of music, as I understand. Was a career in music something that they encouraged? And when you left Azerbaijan to pursue studies in the Netherlands and then later at Berkeley in the U.S., how did they feel about that? Um, my parents were incredibly supportive, incredibly supportive, and um, and when I started playing, I was two years old. So my parents and my mother, a psychiatrist, she saw right away that there's something different about me. So um, um, they would take me to concerts since I was very young, and just be very supportive, but never pushed me to like you gotta practice ten hours a day. Nothing like that. No, it was always very supportive without uh, push or anything. And then um, I was invited to Netherlands to actually um, a little tour as a classical pianist. So um, that's what happened first. I didn't go there to study because I already graduated a conservatory in um, Azerbaijan. But my mother always so jazz musician in me, and I never went into that route. I went to the concerts. I loved it, but I felt like I don't want to pursue something like this. And when once in the Netherlands, and um, and I was writing music on my life, also something that my parents were always encouraging me to like, you know, go with it, you know. And um, and when in the Netherlands, I actually uh, was asked to uh, join conservatory for uh, film music, a film scoring uh, study um, because of the music they heard on the radio. It was a music played on the radio. Um, and a friend of mine recorded it on tapes and sent it. Uh, he was not a musician friend of mine, but he thought, like, let me share it with some people he know. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the person was in a conservatory. And so they sent me just invitation. You, you know, welcome to study film scoring because you never studied composition. But so if you want to. So I didn't plan to study. It was like, what? 
And and then my parents were like, yeah, because you are a composer and you're not doing much. You know, you win the prizes there and here, but you just like let it go. Try, try, see what happens. So I've tried for half a year. I didn't like it. But uh, because um, I think uh, a combination of a teacher and myself being already very kind of strong in what I was doing uh, didn't work. But um, um, that's where I met this incredible jazz pianist, uh, Rob van Krefeld, and, uh, and I've heard him play. It's like, oh, I'd like to know how you do it. And I thought it's just for fun, just for me to know how he does it, not because I will become a professional jazz pianist. It's literally started as an experiment few months, and in few months I was already asked by the director of conservatory um, if I wanted to participate in the first exchange between conservatory in Rotterdam and at Berkeley College uh, in Boston. So, and then whoops, I just went to Boston and um, I came back and I was already, you know, creating my band and had, uh, I mean, it happened all so fast. I always compare my life with jumping in waterfall and just go with it. Wow. Yeah. And my my mother was like, I've told you so. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you have fans in Azerbaijan who follow your work closely and, and, uh, sort of feel pride in all that you've accomplished? Of course. But there's a, there's a big jazz scene. There are many great jazz musicians that playing today around the whole world. So uh, I'm not the only one. Yeah. When I was growing up, um, you know, uh, it's funny enough that um, in Azerbaijan culture, um, the, the rock music has never like made it. Uh, so, uh, anyway, ne never made it big time. So when I was growing up and until pretty recent, um, Herbie Hancock, Headhunters, um, those groups, they were like our pop groups. You know? This is what, listen, you know, really it's, it's, you're growing up more to this music and, uh, and the rock and roll or something else. Well, that's fortunate, I guess, for you who had such a, you know, a path to, to follow along those lines that it was culturally kind of available as opposed to, I, I don't know, I suppose if rock music had taken over, you might have ended up going in a different direction. Indeed, yeah. You lived in Azerbaijan at the beginning of the conflict with Armenia. And then a number of years later, you were in New York during 9-11. Do you think experiencing those episodes has colored your worldview in any way and and then colored the ways that you make music at all? I mean, we cannot detach ourselves from what's going on in the world. Uh, nobody can. And um, whether it's... Um, my experience uh, in New York at 9-11 definitely reflected in my music um, because... Um, um, I went back to, I was living in the Netherlands at the time, but I was just here to play concert uh, with a vocalist from the Netherlands at a Blue Note. And so when I came back to New York, uh, sorry, to the Netherlands, I felt like, okay, uh, you know, it's been such a traumatic experience. I don't want to know or hear anything about this, at least just for a month. And then I saw this documentary on BBC and uh, it just all came back to me and I started writing about this. And then 
my father passed away in January, and then um, it became a tribute to uh, mourning because I was going through all the stages of mourning with my father and seeing other people dealt with it. But then, you know, one thing um, people, so somebody loses their uh, father in the 9-11 and I lost him because uh, he he died from a long umbilical. You know, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. We still go through the same process of mourning. So, um, and that's um, that was a very uh, clear experience, of course. Uh, with the occupation in Azerbaijan, it was different because I was still um, in the conservatory. Um, I mean, I was just graduating conservatory in Azerbaijan, and I was classical musician. I did write music, uh, but uh, not to that extent like like today. I did write music. I performed it, and I had. Uh, singer singing my songs. I did a lot of things with that in Moscow. So I was kind of honestly, um, I mean, I was discussed with what was going on because, um, you know, my family also had to run away from um, that uh, occupied areas and um, and their houses were burned and people were murdered. So I, I knew that, but I think it's age also. Uh, you're much younger, and I was so preoccupied with my concerts, and uh, I, you know, um, going back and forth to Moscow and performing and working with new musicians that I never um, met before, performing my music. So I was kind of in a different world then. What can you tell us about the new record, Joy? Uh, how is it different from some of your previous work? Was there something specific you were trying to capture with this record? Um, definitely. Um, so, you know, the two past years, three past years, I already lost count because it's kind of strange. Um, sometimes you forget what happened in 220 or 221. But anyway, um, those two years were tough, uh, tough years for many people, for, I mean, everybody, uh, for some people to a certain extent, to some people to a lot some people made maybe lots of money in these two years. I don't know. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> I'm talking about people like me. I lost all the gigs for two years. You know, that was bitter. Uh, some people lost lives or relatives or friendships. That happens too. So um, that's why I felt like there's such a negative um, feel to that, that I want to close the door on this negativity i want to look forward look forward to something good and although we're still living in the strange times it's very unsettled it's very it's shaky you know you don't know what's going on and how the economy will develop it will affect everybody uh that's for sure it does already but i have this very stupidly stubborn positivity no matter what I'm looking into something good because that's what was behind is behind and I have very strong emotion about that it's really I feel it it's not just you know I'm just stubborn and ignoring no I feel it it's in my heart it's in my body 
Also, um, during the past two years, we spent a lot of time in South. Uh, we spent lots of time in New Orleans. And every time I'm there and I'm, you know, feeling that very, I don't know, uh, it's a different energy, but very peaceful. Um, because we spend time not in the city, in the city, we're just like, uh, it's still in the city, but um, in the very quiet area. So remote area, so I always feel like something's going on somewhere in the world, but here is peace and quiet. And so, um, and that all together, and I was writing music there and here in New York. So all together, it resolved in my, uh, me writing um, maybe a little more simple comparing to the previous records. I didn't experiment as much um, as I, you know, uh, usually I like to explore. What else can you do with sixteen? What else can you do with the string horns? What else can you, you know, how can you different? What, and not always even conscious. It sometimes happens more unconscious. This time, um, my brain went, brain went flat in a good way. It's like, chill. And so all of that uh, results in a music that I think is more, uh, you know, easier to digest. And it has lots of, the, I mean, all the titles that you see, Road Ahead, Joy, it's, um, uh, Muse, it, it has a lot of positive energy and inspiration. And then uh, um, in January this year, we got Poppy. Uh, we have a beautiful dog. Her name is Ruby. And, um, and so there is a song we dedicate to Ruby. And it's called Ruby at Play. Nice. Great perspective. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you consistently work with stellar players who we can tell really strive to reflect the vision you have for the music. Can you describe what it's like working with this caliber of players who are artists and leaders in their own rights, many of them? What influence, if any, do they have on the on how you play and write? Um, first of all, every time we play, um, you get inspired on the bandstand all the time. Um, the incredible capability of every niche position gives a lots of um, not only inspiration but ideas but also at the same time I don't feel limits you know I'm not limited to write because I basically can do you know whenever it has to be of course within the in general capability of the uh, a saxophone player but Wayne is Coffrey, you know, there's no limits what he can do, or the same with Alex Pop Norris or Rudy Royston. So um, it gives me freedom, it inspires me, it definitely um, gives me ideas, like when we're in a band that I'm playing and we listen, I'm listening, it's like, oh, you know, if we play concerts or two before the recording session, sometimes it can influence me up to the point when I say, I, I want to change the arrangement a little. Um, so that's a one thing. And also I'm always very clear with my musicians that please, if you feel that, uh, we should do this or that or change arrangements or whatever, um, uh, court changes, court changes, whatever. If you feel like, you know, 
he would do differently. It's not 100%. I have to agree with it. But I might, uh, I might at least think about it. You know, you don't know, you know, right? Because you wrote the piece and sometimes it's so like private. This is how I feel. But I'm very open um, about that. And um, I really like to hear the input. Um, so that's, um, and also in my band, every musician is, it's not just my success. Every musician is, equal and I don't like to have any backgrounds you know it's just like we all equal on stage we're all six individuals six strong individuals and that's how we have to come over you know um so it's in one word is very inspirational that's for sure well Amina Figueroa it's been great to meet you thank you so much for stopping by the show today and we're really looking forward to seeing you here in Madison well, I'm very much looking forward to be there. Thank you. That's it for this edition of the Showbiz Roundup. Our theme music is performed by Outside the Sphere, an experimental duo consisting of Tony Barba and myself. If you'd like more information about this show or any of the past or future shows presented by Bluestem Jazz, you can head over to bluestemjazz.org. And you can follow my doings or be in touch via rattletakebuzz.com. Catch you later.